Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Have you ever been part of a game where you win, even though they scored more goals, technically? <laughs> yeah, fair question. Billy said Billy said he got his, uh, or he has one like that. Um, but uh, I don't think I've ever seen one live for sure. So, um, But we needed that goal at that time, right? We were reeling a little bit. They were coming. Um, we needed some kind of a break. Um and, you know, we were fortunate to have, have got it, and it really helped our mental psyche. I mean, I think you saw Moose going crazy there. That really that really gave us a, a jump. It gave us a lift um, at a crucial time in a hockey game like that. And welcome in to Judd's Hockey Show after dark um, because, well, when you win a game like the Wild did against the Washington Capitals, coming back for a 3-2 Shootout win, we have to go immediately. I just got back to the rink, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. Um, and Dex, there's so many talkers off this game. There are so hmm. many. On a night when the Wild did not have nine players, including eight skaters, and were piecemealing things together, and it really looked like for the majority of this game that they were going to lose to the Capitals uh, to come back. But I want to start with this one. Um, why don't you play Dean Everson's comments on, on Kevin Fiala, who went from a terrible second period in which he took three penalties to being a hero by scoring a uh, shootout goal. And as you think about the maturation of this franchise and this team and certain players, uh, what Dean says here in his uh, postgame comments about Kevin, I think is instrumental. So, Let's take a listen to what Dean had to say. Our, th- our, our thought was he wasn't going to play again. Um, that's what we were doing. We, we talked to the group. We didn't talk to the group about him in particular. We just talked about sticking together and playing for each other and all that stuff in between the second and third. Uh, but he did have a conversation. He called me over and had a, a private conversation, which I, I won't share the details, but um, basically said that he understands exactly what's going on if he plays great if he doesn't he'll support his team meant a lot so maybe that's another step in his development um but like i said we were fully prepared to not play him again but everybody gets second opportunities or or more at the at the first tv timeout he also almost in an animated way went out on the ice skated started Sticking to, you know, tapping the, the shin pads of all his teammates, fist pumping guys. I mean, yeah. do you think he was trying to show you that, like, look, I'm not going to mope here. I'm yeah. going to support these guys? Yeah. yeah. That's what he did. He, he, he said, regardless of if he plays or not, he's going to support his teammates. Mm-hmm. That's what we wanted. Um, so if, if you're going to say it, let's, let's give him an opportunity to prove it. And uh, he did. He made a crucial play in the end. Obviously, he scored in the, the shootout, but. He made a crucial play to, to collect that puck um, off of the scrum there, the face-off, and, and get it back. He made some sound plays. You know, good for him. He's, uh, you know, he's part of the team, and um, hopefully this is another step in the right direction. On a night tackling off, when, when again, there's, um, there's an own goal scored by the Capitals that, uh, that gave the Wild their first goal of the game. Uh, Kapokokkanen played great. There was just a lot of things that, that uh, transpired that were fun in this game. Um, but I think that what we just heard there 
is the most important storyline because Kevin Fiala and Dean, right? Could have basically been like, it's not working. He's benched. Kevin could, could have pouted. And, and I think that there, there was a time as we just heard a discussion right there about, there was a time when Kevin would have pouted and he would have been benched and been um, pissed off and night would have been done. And Again, you're down eight skaters. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a remarkable statement. I was willing to sit really a (laughs) top-end guy for an entire period because I'm so Mm -hmm. mad. And instead of him pouting, he said, I get it totally. I am not going to check out my bad, my fault. I think that is an incredible – I think it's an incredible example, Dex, of of how Kevin has grown and probably just as importantly – this entire team. Like, can yep. you imagine two years ago if this had taken place? It would have been a disaster. Yep. Um, I am just I am so impressed by how all sides handled what looked like a really bad thing and turned it into probably a positive. Self-awareness is a pretty great thing. Um, and I feel like this team has so much self-awareness just of who they are and their identity of this team. And Kevin Fiala, who, yeah, had a Awful night in the second period. Three penalties in like a six-minute span. Capitals get a couple power play goals. You're down Kirill. You're down Eck. You're down so many mainstay players. And to bench your most dynamic, at least on paper, player for the last 20 minutes of that period, or for the majority of that third period, I should say, pretty ballsy decision. Even though Dean references that I don't have to explain why I benched him. And I don't think there'd be any much argument from media, from fans to say, yeah, makes sense. Yes. Makes sense why I benched him. Even out of my own horse's mouth here, who loves Kevin Fiala and defends him right and left, I understood why he didn't play in the third period. It makes a whole lick of sense. But I think the way, and for whatever that conversation, whatever transpired there, I think it was incredible for Kevin to own up to it. And I think it's more important for Dean to say, who knows Fiala very well, coached him in the minors, knows his tendencies, probably even knows him for more of the things that annoys him than the yes. good things which is probably oh, yeah. something that is yes. we sometimes maybe forget about, even I forget about. But for those two to have that relationship, there's clearly a trust in one another, even though they probably drive one another crazy. Mm-hmm. For both of them to recognize that, and then Fiala to go full Kirill in the shootout move, that's Kirill's move, the, mm-hmm. the Fiala, Fiala shootout tally. That was a Kirill Kaprizov special right there. Um, and then for him to get the shootout goal to help the Wild get the win, but also... I think from a hockey standpoint, sometimes I sometimes poo-poo and just kind of roll my eyes at, but I will say it's still important for him to be a team guy, which is what Dean said. I, I'm still going to support the team. I, I understand the mistakes I made tonight, but don't don't not think that I'm not going to still support this team. Yes. And for, I think, Dean to recognize that and for Fiala to tell him that yep. goes a long way. And nothing that he did um, on the ice got him back on. It, it It was that. It was the fact that this guy who – a year and for sure two years back would have gone into the big pout. There's no question about it. He would have pouted. He, he would have been benched. He wouldn't have taken it well. Um, I don't think he would have said much to us, but I do think that it would have been apparent that it was not going well. And, and Dex, that's the type of stuff that always gets us closer to should Kevin Fiala really be here. I mean, you could trade him. You could get a pretty good trade for him. Um, tonight was a hard stop on that to say, whoa, that's really impressive. This, this guy, this guy at a moment when he could have been embarrassed as like, you know, hold on a second, Dino, you're benching me. We got nobody, right? Like, like we're down eight, nine guys and I'm being benched. And yeah, I took penalties, but come on. Right. We didn't see that. And I just, I mean, tonight's the last two games really. And, and there are, again, there's a lot of tentacles to get into here. But just from a 10,000-foot view of these last two games, coming off five consecutive defeats with the season stopping and starting and stopping, starting again, um, you go into Boston and win against what had been a hot team. The Capitals are damn good. Now, they did play and lost in St. Louis last night, so they were in a predicament of back-to-backs. But nonetheless... You're down throughout the majority of this game, and it would have been pretty simple to be like, you know what, not our night, too bad. We're down a lot of guys. Um, 
Fiala's Fiala's night sort of summarizes what I like about this team as a whole. Yeah, that's a good point. And I mean, they just, and I would guess it's a credit to the locker room, to the players, to Dean, um, that there's not just this hard line, you screwed up, you're out, or, or I should play, right? Like Kevin could have been like, I should play. Dean, what are you doing here? Um, everybody, it feels like, cliche alert, um, everybody is in it for the team, which Dex again goes back to our discussions about the old Wild, the Vikings, you know, when the ability to overcome adversity is what pro sports is about. And that ability is based on intangibles and and acceptance and give and take. And this team right now has that. And these last two games, to win back-to-back games against two uh, good teams, when you continue to just lose guys left and right, Mm -hmm. Sorry, man. I, I, I know that I'm, you know, um, lots of times negative and and poo-pooing stuff. I'm impressed. I'm just impressed. Let's say this about the Wild. The fact they got back-to-back wins against the Bruins um, in a game where they lost their superstar and that broadcast was miserable. I'm not, I've already aired my grievances about that. But then they come out here against the Capitals where they're completely short shaft, essentially playing their AHL team. I mean, it was the Minnesota-Iowa Wild. I heard even the Iowa mascot, for God's sakes, was in town he was. at the XL tonight. That's how, how short staffed. It was Nordy's, Nordy's birthday. Bir- okay, it's Nordy's birthday. I'm it was sorry. Nordy's birthday. Happy Black birthday, Hawks Nordy. mascot. Predators um, mascot. Oh, God, don't know. We're not going to go down there. Uh, but I, I think it shows that this team can still find ways to win. How refreshing is it? I know this is a lot of fans that consume us and consume Judd's hockey show. I, I'll, I'll say this first are coming here for hockey takes. They're coming here to watch you and I talk about the wild and, and, and what we learned and what we saw. But how refreshing is it even just from a Minnesota sports broad spectrum of someone who maybe is joining the show that likes the wild, but is also maybe just not all in on the wild because maybe you don't really care or it's just you're not your favorite team, which I completely understand. Sure. But how refreshing is it to see, if you were a common sports fan, to see a team that was essentially playing their minor league players and has injuries left and right, and they still find ways to win games. When yeah. I watched the, when we have watched yes. the 2021 Vikings, oh man, if Cook didn't fumble, if if Joseph hits that kick, if they get a stop on third down, you know they could be, they should be four wins better. They should, well, yeah, they should be. But guess what? They're not. Right. They're not. The Wild have figured out ways to still win games when adversity has been slapping them on both sides of the face over the last month. They're still figuring out ways to win games. That's what's refreshing to me as a Minnesota sports fan to see a team yes. that is able to handle adversity and not make any damn excuse about something. When you're, one of your star players is having a terrible night, the coach has benched you. The coach has benched you. Right. Mike Zimmer would have said, do you, he would have said, did you, did you see Fiala's game tonight? I didn't have to have a conversation with him. I didn't, you saw what you saw. Right. You know, there, there was no conversation. That doesn't matter to you and, and whatever. Where Dean Everson said, no. I recognize that. I thought that was important. I wanted, to get him, I wanted him to get back into it. Chris Finch even has this to a degree with the Timberwolves. He, he's not afraid to publicly call out one of his core star players, but then still give an honest response and still keep it all in the locker room and keep it as a team of how I can build up that player. Yep. That's what's impressive to me about the Wild, and that's what is so 180 different about the Vikings, which ironically enough, this Vikings team looks like the 2018 Wild with the Stalls and Koivu's and the last of the Nieder Rider coils, et cetera. Yep. That's why it's so funny to me. But at the same time, the Wild getting four points, four huge points against yep. the Bruins and Capitals for the standings right now after not playing for essentially the better part of the last two and a half weeks was huge. And it, it's not a fluke now um, b- because the sample size has grown and grown and grown. It's not a fluke that this team wins late or ties late. Like this is not a I, – I think that we as fans and, and teams as an excuse – often want to say like the 2021 Vikings did that if they lose late, you know, like, I mean, we, we could have won to your point, Dex, those games. Right. But at some point in time, okay, that might be true for one or two games, but if it's four or five games, that's not a fluke. That's you. And, and the flip side is this team, which, which, you know, has what 10 or 11, six on five goals and four or five have tied scores late, which is pretty doggone good. Um, and, and the nice thing too is 
when the Wild had Capocacanen, uh, who we'll talk about in a second, pulled mm-hmm. tonight, and, and Zuccarello scored with 30, 34.7 seconds left, you're not surprised now. And, and it's not like, oh, oh, you know, they started to try hard now. No, they actually tried hard. But this is this te- I mean, this team's identity, more so than the actual players, I think, Declan, this team's identity is refreshing and impressive. Yep. And, like, there's nothing about what they're doing that I feel the need to say it's a fluke or, or just wait. Now, I have no idea if this team can make a, a run. I don't know. And perhaps with injuries and how weird things have been, they can't. I don't know that one. But I do have an ability, having watched this team play as much as we have and as much as we do, I do have an ability to appreciate this team. Um, and, and just to go through the through the list, so nine guys tonight, unavailable, okay? Kaprizov, upper body. Eric Sinek, same three, thing. Greenway and Duhame, COVID. Bukestead out six weeks. Brodeen, out. And it could be a long time, and that's bad yeah, that's news. That's bad news, bad news. Spurgeon, hurt and out. Um, Talbot, hurt and out. Um, and, and then I think it was not too far, too long before the game started, Goligoski, COVID. So you are literally, I, I just went through a list of, <laughs> of what, one, two, three key defensemen, absolutely key, out. Your starting goalie, out. Forwards, including Kaprizov and Ek, absolutely key instrumental players, out. Um, but that gets us to a second consecutive game and goal, Capo. Yep. Um, Capo in Boston was really good. And we talked about it on JHS after that game. Again tonight, he was damn good. And so, in fact, he had, he allowed two goals on 31 shots, um, certainly made it intriguing there late in what OT when when he raced and tried to outrace Ovechkin for a puck, backhanded the puck uh, essentially, I think, to um, to uh, Tom Wilson of the Capitals, and then had to make a save on Wilson's quick shot <laughs> from basically the faceoff dot. Oh, he awesome. was in the faceoff circle, so I, I mean that got a little bit dicey. But the point being is. You know, back-to-back games, he's been outstanding, Declan. He yep. has been outstanding. And and uh, that's just the depth of this team and the ability of guys, at least in these last two games, to step forward and not just do a nice job, but do a damn good job. And in goal as well. I mean, that's that gives you more and more confidence that, that with Talbot out, they can mm-hmm. at least – weather the storm. Yeah, Koppel's been phenomenal over the last, honestly, six, seven games here. I know he's been having to basically carry the team with Cam Talbot now injured. Um, but Koppel, again, I think had another very inspiring performance. Our friend of the show, Jesse Pierce, joined us and I'll write that down from the Bar Down Beauties podcast. They do a great job as well if you're interested in another wild podcast. Um, she said it, she's, they're going to trade Koppel Cockin by the deadline. She just doesn't think that, number one, he's the answer, and two, maybe you can get something for him because he's still young and you don't know what you can unlock from him. Another team could bite. But Koppel was great tonight. Um, another big performance. Capitals are no slouch. They're without Oshie. Um, and and I know they're still – and they're coming off the heels of a back-to-back, but Capo could have been that overwhelmed. First line. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That first line is damn good, too. And Capo had really a- good. Big performance tonight. Um, yep. I, I thought his comments, too, I, I was watching, uh, I saw a highlight on Twitter. I, I watched the opposing broadcast, which I'll get into here in a little bit later on in the show from the Capitals you. side. Um, but but Capo said, I, I like playing the best teams. I like playing the best teams because they can show me that I, I can hang with these guys, which is number one. Goalies are so much weirdos, and they're kind of honestly overly confident people sometimes to their to their favor and sometimes they're also downfall as we, which we have seen from certain goaltenders here in wild history um but i thought capo's comments about that were really interesting and and there is a belief here that capo actually is legitimate you don't have to go out and spend maybe a, a um a third round pick to get a backup to get to cam there might be a two-headed monster here i mean remember last year judd you and i were flip-flopping who's who's start at the at the first part of last season in the shortened 56 gamer we said who is going to start game i was one? thinking about this Mm-hmm. Koppel played now, great at that time. 
And and then he was streaky. Talbot was battling injuries. Talbot's also been very streaky this year. He's rolled in waves of being basically unplayable to being waves where, oh, this is a guy can actually you can ride and can probably steal you a game or two in the playoffs. Yep. I will say, you know, playoff wise, Talbot is tested. Talbot hasn't ever looked really that overmatched uh, in even prior wild tenure in the postseason. He's he's weathered the storm. He's done enough to prove that he's an NHL caliber goalie that you can rely on in the playoffs. Can you carry? Can you? Basically, can he carry you to a Stanley Cup over four rounds? Well, who knows? That There's only a select few that can do that, and that's honestly more of a judgment call than it is a projecting outside of the top three or top two or three goaltenders in the NHL. But I thought Kappa was phenomenal tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought he had a very, a very another big, strong game. Uh, analytically, he's kind of risen back up above that goal saved above average. I believe my guy Jay Fresh Hockey does a great job on analytics, and if you want to know more about analytics, I highly recommend subscribing to his Patreon account. He breaks it down in visual ways that make it very easy to understand and explain. I believe the Wild coming in tonight were exactly zeros. They were dead even and goals saved above expected, which is a metric that basically says, can an average goalie stop these goals? And is the team overperforming? And stopping those goals, or are they underperforming? Like, for example, Colorado's been miserable in goaltending this year. Darcy Kemper's won a lot of games because yeah. Colorado's good, but yeah. he's looked awful. And they he's been allowing right? goals he should not be allowing. He's not that good. And he's not that good. <laughs> he but, was good in Arizona, yeah. But but the Wild this season have been they've been stopping the exact amount of goals they should be stopping. They're not yes. stopping them more at a higher rate, but they're also not allowing them more at a, at a rate that is that is hurting them. So they've been exactly basically league average in that statistic, which is fine, but you probably still want them to be positive if you have a belief that they can make a playoff run. I thought Kapo Kockinen had a big start tonight. Yeah, and if, if um, these past two games he is not outstanding, they don't win. Yep. So, so and that's where, and I don't think that he needs to uh, become 1A, but with Cam out, he needs to be a solid 1B. Like, he can't be out, well, he was a backup, and uh, now he's got to play, and this is not good. So the fact that that he has the ability, and we did, to what you're talking about, Declan, we did see this last year when when we actually had a few weeks there, I think, where we debated should, if the playoffs started today, would Capo start? And he was, in that case, at, at that time, a 1B who was playing really well. And that's what he's doing now. And and I think I can safely say that if he does not have an outstanding game in Boston a couple nights back and tonight against the Caps, mm-hmm. the Wild lose both games. And that doesn't mean that they wouldn't have tried hard. It just means that, that they lose both, both games. Uh, I want to talk to you about, uh, about a guy tonight who I felt was outstanding. And I don't think he's going to get, in all the storylines that exist about this game, I don't think he's going to get a lot of attention. But I think it's worth talking about because it's a seismic shift with as many guys out in 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 how this team uh, performed. Matthew Boldy. Um, he went from, he, he started the game with Rossi at center and Felino on the right wing. And then when Fiala got benched, and they did not change this, and they might not now, he was promoted to the first line, Zuccarello on the right wing, Boldy on the left wing, yeah. Hartman at center. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Boldy tonight showed what I have been talking about, which is he plays wing, but he is a hybrid center. He has the ability. He made about five really nice passes. Um, should he shoot more? Perhaps. But that being said, he's got really good sense and ice sense and, and hockey sense. And he made some outstanding plays. And if you watch this kid in person, Dex, mm-hmm. it's really imp- like he does a lot of very smart things. He he looks like he's been in in this league for like two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and with guys out, I really think that he he's huge. Rossi doesn't it doesn't shock me. Marco Rossi has really good speed, and I think he's going to be a good good player. Uh, but as we talked about when both these guys got the call, Marco Rossi is probably borderline. Like he's trying to, he's trying to um, get a sense of himself here. And I don't know that he 1000% definitively belongs here yet. Mm-hmm. Um, he certainly doesn't look bad, but I don't think that he looks, he, he doesn't look completely comfortable yet. Uh, Boldy looks comfortable. And, and, I'll make the same 
statement that I made after he scored in his first game against the Bruins. He is what I envision a power forward uh, player with skill being. Uh, And tonight, I just thought he played an outstanding game. It's probably not going to be talked about a lot. What's so funny is Boldy and Rossi are six months apart in age. So, I mean, they're they're essentially the same age. You know, they're both 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, Boldy was drafted in 2019. Marco Rossi being drafted, what, in 2020, just a year later. Rossi was the higher pedigree pick. He was the top 10 pick. Boldy was the 19th overall pick in a, I will say, a loaded draft. The 2019 draft, and I think we're going to talk about in five or 10 years, being one of those very special drafts um, from like 2003, 2004. Sure. So, I, it's going to be a special draft. Trevor Zegras looks like he's going to be an absolute stud. Right. Um, it, it's a special draft. What's so funny to me is um, Boldy and Rossi are six months apart, but Boldy has has played college hockey at an elite level. He stepped in the AHL right away and played at an elite level. Mm-hmm. Um, Rossi obviously had the heart myocarditis con- uh, condition that kept him out of playing hockey for good reason last year. So, so he is not as fresh. He's not as experienced. He's not as ripe, basically, mm-hmm. as, as Boldy is. And look, Rossi tore up the OHL, and, and the OHL, uh, for someone to do what he did, the Capitals broadcast touched on this tonight, is damn impressive for an 18-year-old what he did. But the OHL is an, also an offensive first league. Yep. Points happen all the time. Yep. Um, I think it's safe to say, and I, I was going to throw this question at you because I, wanted to, I was going to ask what your opinion was of both of them in person, having you being at the X tonight. It, it seems like to me, because uh, the Wild are off here for six days, if players start to get healthy – it wouldn't mm-hmm. shock me at all if, if Rossi would, were to be sent down, but mm-hmm. it would shock me if Matthew Boldy ever plays a game in Iowa mm-hmm. again. Agreed. Like, Agreed I, completely. I, I, I think Matthew Boldy, I would be shocked if and Matthew Boldy, Boldy gets demoted. And Boldy is, one, he's bigger. Two, he's playing wing. And, and I think the ability to adapt there quicker is probably not as tough. I mean... In Rossi's defense, he is stepping in and playing a position that's damn tough. Like, there's there's a ton of responsibilities. Um, I, I think that there's far more expected of you at, at uh, center from a team standpoint. And so I think the ask there is is more. But I think you're 1,000% right. Uh, Boldy not doesn't just belong here. When guys get healthy, he's he's a top six guy for sure. Um, and I'm talking with every, everybody back. Um, but Matthew Boldy to me is everything that we wanted. Greenway, as I said a couple nights ago after the Boston game, Coyle, he's that guy. And so I don't think he's just going to stick here. I think he's a top six guy. He's that good. He's that talented. Um, and if what I've seen in two games, in, including tonight in person, is is um what's to come we're talking about a guy who's going to knock your socks off like he's that good and so yeah you're yeah marco rossi is being asked to do probably a tougher job and and yeah if he goes back down i won't be shocked matthew boldy doesn't just belong here he belongs here playing an absolute ton I like Darian's comment here with the addition of Matthew Boldy. Is this the end of Kevin Fiala? By the way, if you like daily Minnesota sports entertainment, hit the subscribe button um, for Minnesota Wild Bro. Vikings Timberwolves uh, entertainment right here. Mackie and Judd, Declan Goff from Score North. Uh, I, I think long-term, yes, to answer Darian's questions, yes. Uh, this was kind of always the plan in place. Um, as much as I, I have sang Kevin Fiala's praises, and I think uh, it's dangerous to punt and give up on just natural goal scores because this you need legitimate goal scores to compete in the NHL. Um, I do think so. I, I don't know if Fiala gets moved at the deadline. It wouldn't shock me if you were to acquire a high-profile player that Kevin Fiala's name gets dangled mostly because of salary cap reasons. Like You mm-hmm. basically almost have to swap out money. I think yes. Kevin's at like 5.75 in that arbitration deal he has. So you essentially, whatever contract you're inheriting, so if it would be Thomas Hurdle, which is someone we keep have been kicking around, honestly, recklessly speculating on since the summer, as yep. we like to do here on Score North, 
Um, if it was Thomas Hurdle, you would have to probably move Fiala just to make salaries work on top of other things that make the trade work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think long-term to answer Darian's question here is yes, I, I think Boldy does push Fiala out. Now, I'm not in a rush to do it. I'm not going to rush to trade Fiala at the trade deadline, Judd. I don't know what, what you think on that, but if if you were to get a Thomas Hurdle, if you were to get a center of the magnitude, I think it's almost inevitable, and also just because of math-wise, that Kevin Fiala goes away in that trade. Okay, I think at this point By in time— By the way, Thomas Hurdle with a hat trick tonight. Uh, oh, he's, so a, you know. he's, very, he's very, very good. Um, I think at this point in time— so I. Don't Bill Guerin is not going to trade Kevin just to trade him. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the acquisition of a a potential top center, especially I believe if I'm not mistaken, hurdles in the last year of his contract, mm-hmm. so he he would be a rental. Um, as far as that goes, a lot of my personal opinion about that is going to hinge on when our guys coming back. Like if Brodeen's out for a long for the long term. My confidence in an actual playoff run goes down a bit. Uh Kaprizov, I don't know. So like like some of this is going to depend on who can I get back when. Um I would not be surprised, Declan, because I do think Kevin I do think that there's a good chance uh that at some point in time he's dealt. I would not be surprised if he is traded though in the summertime. Um and if the trade doesn't turn into something that it makes more sense as far as as not an immediate need, uh, but get something back that you like a lot be- because Boldy is going to play a ton. Um, I have reservations right now in watching this year how weird things are, too, about what this team is going to do to make a run. Um, I was much more I was much more confident about that a month back or two months back. I'm less confident now. It's not because I don't like this team. I do. Uh, but I think Bill is also cognizant of the fact that if he's going to make trades, especially with this team up against the cap for what, two or three years now coming up, that they're going to be trade, that they're not necessarily going to be trades for the right now. They might be trades that are going to put you in a good position. Let me ask you a, uh, I don't have the sounder, unfortunately, but let me give you just a reckless trade idea right now. I think I know your answer to it, but I'm just going to throw it out here sure. as, a, as a trade proposal. Sure. What if you went up to San Jose and you said, we'll give you, we want Thomas Hurdle, but we'll give you Kevin Fiala and we'll give you Jesper Wallstedt, the young stud goalie mm-hmm. that, that the Wild just drafted and was looking well in the World Juniors tournament before it was canceled. But if you weren't able to give up any draft picks, but you gave up the 20th overall pick from just, what, eight months ago from the last NHL draft, Kevin Fiala and Jesper Wallstedt, a goalie that San Jose could potentially build around for years to come and still get a nice dynamic forward in Kevin Fiala, what is your thoughts on that trade? Jesper Wallstedt is not being traded by me. I, I love him. I, I think he is your I think he is your Talbot replacement. And Capo, God bless him. I don't know that he is the guy. Um I think Wallstead's the guy. So so and and I think that they're positioned really well with Cam Talbot to to use him up and then show him the door. And Wallstead, who is eighteen or nineteen? Nineteen. Like he's a kid. Nineteen. Um, but your position to bring him in, and I think that he is then your goalie. Um, I, I saw him play before they canceled the tournament. <laughs> I'm putting up all these comments. I, yeah, for the exact I see. Reason. You know, I'm not going to call you stupid. Like, like yeah. this is reckless speculation. It's yeah. a lifestyle choice. Um, it's not like uh, make the trade. It's uh, you throw out the trades to say yay or nay. Yeah, and I'm saying nay. Um, I, I saw Wallstead play one game before they canceled the world juniors and I loved him. I mean, he's got the size, he's got the, he's got the skills, he's got the technique. I loved him. I think he is your goaltender. So no. And, and again, I am very, as much as I like this team, I am very on the fence about like what I think they can do. So, so do I want to do a rental? And I don't know. The answer to that question is yes. I might be more inclined to trade Fiala in the summer mm-hmm. in a trade that's going to net me pieces 
that I can use eventually. That's just a thought. But yeah, I, I think this is, I think you drafted your goalie and, and God bless Bill Garrett in this franchise for, for, I mean, making what's a ballsy move, but if they have a, a rookie goalie come in on a rookie contract, I love that. So uh, number one, let me just, as everyone is throwing out in the YouTube piling comments. piling on you, and I didn't pile on you, for the record. And I, just, I love coming up with especially wild, reckless trade speculations, oh, pun intended. hammered on Twitter. Because yeah. uh, I've been hammered before fact, you should tweet in audio form and everything else. No, I'm not going to tweet it. I don't want to be a hashtag out, I, I might tweet for that one. Go for it. You can do it. For I me. might tweet out that you suggested. Here, here's the thing, though. Here's the fun part about always coming up with trades. And this honestly goes beyond the wild. It goes to other Minnesota sports teams. Because actually, hockey and baseball are very much uh, in the same bin when it comes to when you try to come up with trades. Sure. Because there's prospect pools, right? Like Mm -hmm. football, you draft a guy day one, and he's probably going to contribute to you. Basketball, for the most part, also a similar situation. Yep. Um, It's always hilarious to me when, all right, well, let's come up with a trade idea. Okay, uh, well, we have these top three prospects. Okay, we can't trade any of these top three prospects. Well, here's the deal. If you want Thomas Hurdle, if you want the marquee guy, one of those three has to go. Right. So, so which of those evils, which of those poisons are you willing to swallow to say, all right, I guess I can part with that guy. This is not a video game where you can just turn off the GM mode and say, hey, I'm going to make a trade out of thin right. air uh, for, for whatever I can come up with. You, you, have to, you have to give something back up. Right. So, yes, the Wild drafted Jesper to be their goaltender of the future. He's 19 years old. And let me just say, goaltending prospects are, and are a lot like baseball prospects. There is a good chance... That Jesper, even with how well he looked in the World Juniors, you won't see Jesper Wallstead in a wild uniform regularly for two years, maybe yeah. even three years. Yeah, I'd it's say probably two more years, likely probably. two to three years. Yep, 21, 22, yeah. You and you and I have talked about this with past wild teams. You can't get in the assumption, and this yep. is where fans get in a trap. You yep. can't get in the assumption that in 2025, when we're doing a podcast three years from now, that we're still at the wild are still at the same level. They're still competing for a cup, they're still running things. Unfortunately, for a team like the Wild as they're constructed in this media market, you can't have that assumption. So that, that's where I would, I would not be hesitant to make that trade. And if San Jose said, yeah, we'll take Fiat, we want Jesper Walstead, and Bill Guerin said, oh, I absolutely, I cannot do that, yep. I would have reservations. But Bill Guerin knows what the hell he's doing, and I'm just a guy with a microphone. And Hurdle's a rental, so like, he's really good, but it's a rental. You're, you're going for it. You better be damn sure. Um, and I don't know if, if guys are going to be, if we've got certain players here who are going to be out for a long time or potentially the season, um, you know, that changes my opinion. Some that changes the dynamic, uh, because it's not like you're going to keep the player. I mean, if, with how much the wilds up against the cap, if they trade for, for Thomas, hurdle as a rental he walks and i don't really like that one so um would i consider a fiala trade with like a with a draft pick or pro right. or a different prospect yeah i probably would but again i need to i need to pull the reins back here and see where this team is at as well and see and see where things are i will say that if you're getting at the point that that expecting Rossi to contribute really significantly into the playoffs is too big of ask. I don't disagree there because I do. I think what you're asking him. I think Marco Rossi is going to be really good, but I also think that expecting him to be really good in the course of the 2021-22 season is a big ask. So yeah, I mean, but reckless speculation is exactly that. So yeah, I see that folks are really down on you, and it's it's hard. I mean, but that's not know, surprising on, either. It's I late mean, at night. Come on, folks, me. cut decks a break. Um, the own goal, the oh own goal. Okay. Yeah, what was that like in person? Um, it was. I literally said to myself in the press box, "That's going to go in the net." And then you're like, for a second, you're like, "Is it going to count?" And the conversation that took place among the officials, and I think Ovechkin was, I don't know, he was mad, but he, he was, was sort pissed. of protesting, yeah. uh, was was that that Marcus Foligno had touched the puck. Now, he had deflected it, but he didn't gain control. And officially, the rule is, and this is interpreted by, by Cruz very differently at times, officially, the rule is, if I touch the puck, but I don't control it, the play is not dead. 
And so I believe it was Carl Hagelin flipped the puck back towards the towards the point in the wild zone, and he flipped it towards Ovechkin and another, I believe, Capitals player. It split them and went into the goal. So so that's 2-1. Initially, the goal was credited to Ryan Hartman, but the rule is it's the last player to have touched it, which was because he deflected it. Uh, Felino. The funniest thing is his 100th career goal. That's right. So it's a, it's this historical marker. Here's the great part. Marcus Felino will forever be a trivia question that I don't think has been accomplished previously or will ever be again. Marcus Felino's 100th goal came on on a credited goal on which he does not get credit with a shot on goal mm-hmm. because he didn't shoot the puck. Right. So so he got the goal without a shot. And actually I got a note from, so I tweeted, I tweeted Jason Stark who loves like weird sports stats. And oh, he's yeah. like Mr. Baseball, weird, sport, shows. Yep. weird stats. Yeah. He's a great mm-hmm. guy. Um, I tweeted him. You'll love this. And he tweeted me back and he researched it. And right. I vaguely recall this. Did Erickson Eck score get credited for a similar goal against the coyotes i think it was a game in arizona where where he got a goal no shot and i and it was so it was something that was along the same lines it might have been an empty net goal um that, that was at the end of a game and in this case this was a uh a yes. delayed penalty it but was it, but he found it that Erickson Eck, mm-hmm. no shot on goal credited with the goal against the coyotes i think into an empty net near the end of a game. Yes, Jason uh, Jason Stark did reply back to you and said Eck did it in Arizona last year. Uh, Jeremy's comment here, the cap announcers went nuts. I was watching the Capitals broadcast, and uh, and I believe, and I looked this up too, they said that's the first time it's happened because it happened uh, to the benefit of the Capitals two years ago, Josh Bailey of the Islanders, a okay. similar situation. Josh Bailey put the puck in his own net while the, while the Capitals were also had a delayed penalty called against them. They, d- they didn't say that who got credit for the goal from the Washington standpoint, but they were also going nuts. They were like, that's going to go. They said the same thing as it was trickling in from neutral ice into the capital zone. I, I forget the play-by-play now. So that's going to go in the net. That's going to go that's, in the you net. You said the same thing I said. I said, that's yeah. going in the net. That's going in the net. So, uh, yeah, just one of the most wackiest goals I've ever seen. I mean, I wasn't there oh, in yeah. person either, and I'm sure it was even the, – the funny thing is from – from people that don't know from our listeners' standpoint, I'll say watching hockey from the press box at the XL Energy Center, just to give you a visual, you're, we're high up. We're at the highest up as you can possibly be. So we're above even the 200 level. Yep. But the game, and, and I say this as someone who hasn't played hockey, the game looks really easy from up there. And the game right. looks slower, much so slower than slower. you think yep. from up there. It, just, it looks, the looks being... a, lot, a lot easier from mm-hmm. up there in person. Mm-hmm. I'm sure watching that puck just meticulate its way down the ice saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, that's going to go in the net. Uh, must have been some sight to see. So I, I thought it was one of the wackiest and most hilarious goals I've ever seen happen. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, they do happen every, you know, blue moon, you could say, right? Like it happens every every few years and whatnot. But one of the wackiest things, man, one of the it, wackiest things. So it actually took place, the, the same exact thing, delayed uh, penalty took place in a Gopher-Badger game a few months back. That's right. In Madison. Yeah. And and the Badgers did the same exact thing, threw it back to, to the point, and you're watching it on TV in that case going down the ice, and I'm, oh, my God, that's going to that's gonna go that's in the goal, the and that yeah. counts. The first, the first um, goaltender in the history of the National Hockey League to be credited with the goal was Billy Smith. And and he he was credited with the goal because it, it was the Islanders and Rockies back when when Colorado had the Rockies sure. and Rob Ramage of the Rockies did the same exact thing he threw the puck back towards the point it went right past where the point guy was supposed to be and into the Rockies goal own goal in that case the last person to touch the puck was the goaltender Billy Smith and. That was the only National Hockey League goal scored by a goalie, I think, until Ron Hextall actually did fire the puck into an empty net towards the end of a game uh, playing 
for the Flyers. And if I'm not mistaken, Hextall scored a couple of goals that way throughout the course of his career. But yeah, it was um, it was a bizarre night. There was a lot of bizarre stuff. Was, like, there man. was just a lot of weird. It was a fun game. And and look, I went there thinking, no Kaprizov, nine guys out. This game's going to stink. But yeah. I want to see Ovechkin. I want to see. And the other, the last thing is, for the first time, because I've, I've been to um, a bunch of or a few Capitals wild games at the X. Me too, for, the first to time, for the first time on the Capitals power play, I decided I am going to watch Ovechkin a lot. Like, I'm not going to watch the play. I'm going to watch him. I do this every time I go to. He stays out there mm-hmm. for the entire thing, which, which which does have two groups. He just is in both groups. And the incredible thing, now, if I felt like more often tonight he dropped back to a point. But the first Capitals power play, Ovechkin decks, and I tweeted this, and this is, there is zero judgment, okay? He's one of the greatest players of all time. He has scored more power play goals than anybody else. So mm-hmm. I am not like, this I is not a take. I think he'll break the record. I do think he'll break the record. Exactly. Personally. So, but, but what I'm saying is this is not a take. It's an observation. He, he literally, when the puck is cleared, lollygags. So he went out to, to the wild. So he, he went from his, is quote unquote power play office in the circle. Puck gets cleared. He goes essentially to, in this case, the wild side of neutral. He waits. They come back in. He joins them, goes right to his place. Um, it's a remarkable testament at his age and and with his experience and the fact that he plays the entire power play. It's a remarkable testament to how he keeps himself fresh. It was so interesting because you could be like, well, come on, man, try harder. And, and he did. There there was a power player, too, after that where he did more. But I loved that because it's like these guys like Ovechkin, LeBron James, yeah. they're so damn smart in, yes. in how they maintain themselves. What I noticed, and this was just on TV, was during the first um... – Capitals power play opportunity. I believe Kalen Addison was out there for uh, for the first PK shift, and poor Kalen Addison, um, who is who is in charge of flanking and and trying to potentially block Ovi's office there, just in that circle in his Ovi Island, as I like to call it. Even uh, yeah, I like that. And and every time the puck's the point, poor poor Kalen, and I even noticed Kalen Addison's got his head basically locked into his shoulder, ready to potentially sell out, but also like. I'm going to sell out, but I'm going to take the worst slap shot in the world yes. in the possible. And I am a, I, I think I know what I'm doing here, but I'm being thrown in the fire. And the poor kid has to be tasked with trying to block Ovechkin's slap shot. Like, bro, like no. good luck, man. No, like, man. I don't blame you at all. The goal ten, Let the all. goaltender take that shot. Yes. No let kidding. the goaltender take that shot. Um, oh my God. Be, because you, you could deflect it accidentally or worse, block yeah. it. You know what? Kapokokkanen has all of those pads on give him a clear view of said shot yeah so so he's got a chance but yeah do not take that shot man don't that, that's gonna hurt like hell last thing uh for me here before we wrap so i obviously as you know i like to try to watch the opposing broadcasts uh when i watch wild games i watch the capitals broadcast tonight uh i was not impressed joe um, betnati right yep and joe betnati's the play-by-play craig lachlan Craig I Lachlan. believe he was on color tonight. He's been around forever, too. Um, and both those guys, and I think because of COVID protocols, were in studio. So they were back in back in the Washington side Is this side a new thing now? It might be. I feel I like it might be. Yeah, I feel like. Um, so they were back in studio. Okay. But you would, uh, I, one of the things that, and there's numerous of them, that gripes me about the local broadcast is when the opposing team scores, it just stays the exact same. And Zolgad scores from yeah. the circle, and we're tied. And they do the team. same yeah, that's that's what when Lepanda the does. wild tied it in in regulation. If it wasn't for me going bah! when when they actually scored the goal, you would have if you weren't looking up, you would have had no idea that the game was just tied with thirty six oh. seconds left. Yeah, that stuff just infuriates me. Man, your... I get, and and I will say, calling the game from the studio is a different feel. But right. they are professional broadcasters here. Okay, so it's not like they're amateurs and they don't know what they're doing. I expected a little bit more. I, I like I've I've honestly liked a lot of the other local broadcasts that I've been able to watch throughout the last year or so. 
yeah. um, with the means I watch the games, but I was not impressed with the Capitals tonight. Second straight podcast, I've had to come on and bitch about the broadcast. I don't like doing that. I don't like the whole, I don't like the thing about not being excited about goals. I, it mm-hmm. just, it, look, um, the flat line thing, I, I hate that. It, it's like, it's fine if you, if you want to be upset that, that your team got the game tied against them. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But show some emotion. Like in that game, it had a lot of weird twists and turns and plot twists, and it was fun. Um, yeah, I hate this thing where broadcasters have decided that if my team does not score, I'm going to be flat. It's like, why? Yeah, um, get excited, man. In in my youth, Al, uh, who, who did a great job, yes. Sh- Shaver was unbelievable. Yeah. But when the opposing team would score... Al Shaver would raise his voice like mm-hmm. like he would get excited about it. It's a goal like there. There's no like, well, they just scored a goal. a goal. So, yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. Show some emotion. Show some emotion, man. And enjoy the like, enjoy this game. I mean, the that was a really, really fun. Yeah. Game. Yeah. So I know. Show it. Show yeah. uh, excitement. So, yeah. All right. Um, tell people where they can consume more uh, um, Judd's Hockey Show and all of our Score North programming and then do your thing. Yeah, uh, Judd Zolgad on my uh, on my right here. I'm Declan Goff, Judd's Hockey Show. Uh, we provide Minnesota Wild content for you right here on our Score North YouTube channel. If you like daily Minnesota sports entertainment, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. These podcasts also exist on Apple, on Spotify. The Score North app is a kind of central hub for everything you want for Score North from Judd's written work, um, from our videos, from our podcasts. There's plenty of stuff right there on the app. It's on the Apple and the Google Play Store. Um, and then if you also loved your Minnesota Vikings, which that season desperately wraps up tomorrow, Ooh. hang out with us on Ventline. We're going to be lie. launching Ventline. We, it's, not, it's not to break down the game. I nope. can tell you that much. Nope. Um, we'll, be, we'll be breaking things down on our Purple Daily YouTube channel. That's a secondary YouTube channel that we have. Hit the subscribe button on that for also Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. Uh, but I will say now that the Vikings are over, Judd, and baseball never, ever coming back for all as I know. Yeah. Uh, it's wild and Timberwolves season right here for Score North on top of oh, some no. reckless speculation on the NFL and what the Vikings are going to do. There's going to be some new faces in charge here. You and I broke down a podcast from Jason Locke and Fora basically confirming that Mike Zimmer is going to be axed tomorrow. What, they're gonna, what are they going to do with Rick Spielman? So yep. There's plenty of things still to discuss here. Oh, Vikings. Sports scene. Vikings fodder. Never sleeps. It, ne- it, do- it does not end. The nice thing is there's at least one team, if not two now, in this town likable. The Wild for sure. And I think the Wolves. The Wolves are pushing closer. So, yes, exactly right. All right. um, Say your thing, and we'll see you all soon. Pass, shoot, score, and after Wild wins, we do one last thing. Thank you for watching. Listen, you guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about? Bergie? Hard work, man. That. This is about winning. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.